0: I am Charles.
1: I'm Christine. And,
0: and we eat stuff.
1: Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to another episode of We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. My name is Christine Guthrie, and I am one half of We Eat Stuff. Welcome. In this podcast, we are seeking out people in St. Louis related to food, cooking, drinking, and eating. Today, we're sitting down with Justin Bell, sous chef at the upcoming Bull Rush restaurant that we have all been eagerly waiting for. According to our sources, look for the restaurant in early April, 2019. Justin talks about how he is a relative newcomer in the St. Louis culinary scene. He learned a lot about foraging from growing up in a small town in Missouri, and he and Rob Connolly really clicked with that mutual interest of theirs. Thanks for listening, and please enjoy our conversation with Justin Bell. How are you guys? We're great. Good. How are you this evening?
2: I'm doing well. It's
1: very good to yeah. see you.
2: Yeah, I'm glad we didn't plan this on Friday because we probably would have had to cancel it over the weekend sometime. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but now we're here.
2: Survive the snow. Yes. yes.
1: And it's been a while since we've seen you, so yeah. uh, cheers. 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 Friend. Good what to see you again. You, what did oh. <laughs> you bring us so, this evening?
2: Uh, this is a little cocktail I came up with this afternoon. It's got bourbon and scotch in it. Mm. Um, then I made a shrub with some persimmon vinegar that I mm. made. So went into the uh, fermentation closet this morning and decided what to come up with. Nice, so, nice. thank you. Excellent. You're welcome.
1: It's very tasty. Nice and kind of bright. Nice and vinegary.
2: Mhm. Yeah, it's a flavor profile I like working with a lot. Vinegars. Um, ways to not use lemons yeah. for your acid for everything. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> Yeah, we like uh like playing around and making sour funky stuff. So I gotcha.
1: <laughs> very cool. So Justin, tell everybody who are you?
2: Um my name's Justin Bell. Uh work with Chef Rob Connolly, formerly Squatters Cafe and upcoming Bull Rush. Um we're hoping just got an update email today. They're mm-hmm. saying eight to ten weeks out from right now. Okay. So that would put it at mid-March, maybe April 1st opening. It's been pushed back a few times. It was supposed to be earlier, but you know how these things go. (laughs) Contractors and weather and holidays and delays have been stacking up, but whenever it's already been a two and a half year project, at least there's light at the end of the tunnel now, so we're happy about that. Mm-hmm. The wheels are in motion now.
1: Definitely. So, and so many people in town are looking forward to this. <laughs> uh, Rob's restaurant has been one to watch. So this is exciting. I think three years <laughs> Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah.
1: Well, you guys did have the restaurant last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very, very successful. I miss it a lot because I used to go there a lot after work. and yeah. And now, now you're closed. But closed. good things are coming.
2: And um, there will be... An element of squatters that's going to be coming to the area that we're opening Bull Rush to. Cool. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm allowed to name names yet, but there is a local coffee company that's going to be having a shop on that block with us too, Mm. and we will be doing some of, we're going to do squatters to go food. So we'll be doing, you might see the Pop-Tarts again, Mm. so, and we'll be, uh, yeah, some of those little things from the restaurant we'll try to sell out of. Our neighbors down the street there.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Like uh, the biscuits and gravy, I think, were my favorite things there. Just like mine too. Yeah. And it's like, well, I think we got the last order. Got for you to just shut down unceremoniously, yeah. where Rob's came out and said, "Hey, this is not, this, We're trying to put all the wives They hit. We're done." Mm. Like, oh, we just got our plate of food here. And yeah, you guys made
2: it just in time. So. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame, but yeah. Yeah, I understand. Nothing lasts forever, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I told her it was a, it was a good training ground for Rob and I. Mm. We got to work together for a year mesh in the kitchen you know get our kitchen language together so um it's just it was better for us for Bullrush. it's gonna you know put us that much ahead Mm. so we won't have that time in the kitchen kind of getting to know each other we've done that already so yeah so with squatters and then all the pop-ups we've done over the last two years so Mm. i think we'll come out of the gate running
1: Mm. nice when did you and rob first meet
2: um, so it wasn't too long after he got back from town, there was an RFT article, something about just forager chef comes back to town, and, <laughs> and I foraged, so it, was, it wasn't even that I was looking for a job, it was just that I wanted to meet him. So I messaged him on my ins- Instagram and said, hey, it was pawpaw season at the time, uh, local indigenous fruit, so I said, hey, knew they didn't have those in New Mexico where he came from, said, hey, I'm going out today, kids and pawpaws, you're welcome to join me, this is where I'm going. And he uh, showed up, We spent a couple hours in the woods together, and that was right before he left for his book tour, because he said, I'm going on tour, as soon as I come back, let's get together, cook some food, and so we did like a little, just me and him, and we had some family, just to see how we kind of meshed, and then after that we started doing pop-ups to the public together, so. Mm.
1: Yeah. Did you initially write him with the idea, oh, this might be some some guy I want to work with?
2: I mean, in the back of my head, it wasn't the primary objective, though, because I was happy where I was at, I was... Applying at some different places too that were I was looking forward to working at, but the opportunity that Rob presented me with was just really great. Um, so I, you know, latched onto him and then I along for the ride for this long. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah,
0: actually, I remember I ph- photographed the black and white dinner. Yeah, so black and black and black dinner. That's yeah, the yeah, course. the all black dinner. And uh, yeah, Rob has a certain kind of kitchen personality. Yes, he's very. <laughs> hey.
2: uh, Jovial. He's great with people, so. <laughs>
0: yes, indeed. <laughs> why very, very jovial? That's what I would use. But, uh, yeah, no, like, it was kind of neat to see that, but, like, uh, what's going to say? Oh, yeah, you said you started foraging mm-hmm. originally.
2: Like, why did you start doing that? You know, I just, I always, I grew up in the woods. I grew up hunting and fishing and... Like in the
0: Ozarks or something?
2: Um, I grew up in St. Clair, Missouri, so, um, but I had a lot of family in the Ozarks down south. Um, my grandma lived down in the Bootheel, um so we spent time down there um always just like spending time in the woods and then once i got into cooking it just kind of made sense to start noticing what was around me and it was just started as just a hobby because i was going hiking all the time anyway so it was just something extra to do while i was out in the woods anyway um and now it's become the primary thing of why i go out but yeah um just like nature and being in the woods and then we uh just went from there well, cool. and seeing what a lot of other top chefs around the world were doing with forage mm-hmm. you know this was little after no no one had already gained its you know notoriety at this point but mm-hmm. all the, that they were doing with foraging and just it's free ingredients too mm-hmm. it helps a lot on the food cost whenever you can just go pick it yourself and sure. you don't have to pay for it so <laughs> well
0: there's issue of like the work to uh you know energy to money ratio though I guess you're spending a lot of time doing that
2: but it's yeah. not work for us. It's what mm-hmm. we like to... Like I said, I was, I was out Fair doing enough. it anyway. Um, so it's not extra work to us. It's, that's, our, that's our fun time, and it just happens to be productive at the same time.
0: Well, so. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. I mean, like, uh, you mentioned the pop mm-hmm. yeah,
2: It's kind of like between a banana and uh, an orange kind of almost, right? Yeah, a lot of people... You'll <clears throat> hear... And it, the fruit really does vary from tree to tree. You'll mm-hmm. have some that taste like a melon, <clears throat> um, mango, banana... Something that shouldn't be in Missouri, but they're all over. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's a very short window, but they're, yeah, we love them. Um, And we gather a bunch whenever we can and process them and vac the puree and freeze it and hopefully enough to get us through most of the year. So we've got a lot of it waiting for when Bull Rush gets going, so. Cool. Awesome, cool. Yeah. I
0: think one time he, he had a pawpaw chocolate or something like that. I he yeah, do he's that.
2: done a, done that a few times with his bonbons. You yeah. know, mm. Do some kind of like paw caramel filling or mm. something, yeah. Nice.
1: Cool. Yeah, we first tried them. We were members of a CSA a couple years ago, uh-huh. and some appeared in our box, and neither of us had ever heard of it before. Yeah, no, like, I heard the pawpaws the before. Oh, had you? Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Because of my uh, grandmother uh, the, uh, on my mother's side was obsessed with them, oh.
2: that is sassafras tea. I mm-hmm. see. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I had never heard of them before, mm. and yes, they were kind of revelatory.
2: It's yeah, it's crazy because I, I never heard of them growing up, even where I grew up. And mm. you know, we make, went out and dug sassafras root and did all that, but mm. maybe it's just because we didn't have any pawpaw trees on our property. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just found out about them five six years ago, and yeah, the first time you taste one, it's just like holy shit! <laughs> what like, what is this? <laughs> <like> this? <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: Um, well, we have you over here for, for this podcast because we know, Justin, you are more than Rob Connolly's right-hand man. <laughs> yes. I mean, you are, but you are your own person. You are yes. your own chef. Can yep. you tell us and, and the folks listening, so what's your background in chefing in St. Louis?
2: So, um, I've worked my way up relatively quickly. Um, I've only been doing this for about five or six years now at this point, really. Oh, wow. Um, Worked retail for a while, hated it, burnt myself out on that. I liked cooking, so um, my fiance at the time, I talked to her and we're married now. Not that <laughs> <laughs> she was my then fiance, um, said, You know, I think I want to go to culinary school. And uh, we got married, and the week we got back from our honeymoon, I started uh, started culinary school. Well, where at? I um, we went to LaCole, the now hmm. defunct LaCole culinaire. It's defunct? Yeah, it was a Vatterott school. So whenever oh, Vatterott shut down, wow. it went away. So I didn't know that yeah, actually. St. Louis went from four culinary schools, like three years ago, down to one now. Just Forest Park, wow. Wow. Hickey, Le Cordon Bleu, and Le have all shut down in the last three years. Huh. So, That's terrible. We need more cooks. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> not, not only yeah, not only <laughs> short staffed, we're running out of places to train them. So, uh, but yeah, started there. Um, got a job at the Racquet Club Le Du pretty quickly after. Um, going into culinary school there, the uh, director of education Darren Zesch was friends with the, um, Joe Mueller, who is still the head chef out at the Racket Club, and hooked me up with a job there. Started off in Garmagede, hmm. making salads and desserts, and worked my way all the way up through the ranks there. Um, did everything from grilled, saute, expo, um, and I'm still kind of there, off and on. I guess um, like I just worked out. I'm working out there Saturday, just helping fill in because I've got that going on, and I'm also working at uh, Lulu's down on South Grand currently, sure. in between restaurants with Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yep, yeah, so worked at, uh, mainly as was the country club upbringing there. Um, I worked at Lulu's, and I've helped out some other places. I've got a, a lot of friends. You know it's a small um, small world here in the culinary scene in St. Louis, so I've helped out been groupy some with uh, some of the stuff he's done, and yeah, I've, I've got around a little bit, but... Um, Pretty fresh into the industry, I guess I would say. But, you know, working my way up. So, just put in a lot of hours. There was times there where I was going to school and then working two jobs, you know, in two different kitchens at the same time and 90-hour weeks every week. And, you know, I guess just practice, practice, practice. So <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, if you're working in kitchens that much, does it really, do you still learn a lot when you're going to school? I did. Um, you know, you always hear that argument people say, and I've heard it just this last week with the, uh, co-workers is you don't really need to go to culinary school because you can learn everything you need to learn in the kitchen and i agree with that to a point if you have the right chef um, and the right type of uh, environment that you're exposed to a lot of different things and not one type of cuisine um, i think that was a good thing about culinary school was you know you had all your international classes your american regional classes you got exposed even if it was just for a short time to all this different stuff and then you could kind of hone in on what spoke to you and where you wanted to go with it. Um, and then just all those basic skills, too, like having someone take, you know, you the first two weeks of your phase are n- knife skills, you know, having someone take that time and show you how to do things the right way. Mm-hmm. not Because a lot of kitchens, and I'm sure you guys know, not everything gets done the right way. Sometimes it gets done the way it needs to get done to get ready for service. Mm-hmm. Um, but to learn the foundation of doing things the right way, mm-hmm. there's a there's a reason that you do things a certain way, so, I recommend it if it's something that you're serious about and you want to make a career, I think you need to go to culinary school. Mm -hmm. That's just me, so, you know, it works out for different people other way. I even had instructors in culinary school that didn't go to culinary school, so obviously you can make (laughs) it work, but, (laughs) Um, no, it was a great experience for me, Um, the instructors there really cared, you know, and it showed, so, and you get out what you put into it, so. I put a lot into it and i got a lot out of it so well, cool great
1: very good do you have any special uh food or cooking memories from growing up
2: oh biscuits and gravy which is why we had them on at squatters and
0: so it wasn't rob's idea
2: it was yours it was my it was my m- awesome. mom's recipe i'm throwing air quotes around here because <laughs> there's no recipe mm. i've tried so many times to have her write it down and she won't mm. she's, well i don't measure anything she gets, it's <laughs> all by feel so it's you know she's making her roux and it's like well how much flour do you use I use however much flour I need yeah. to use to get it to you. So, yeah. but I think you know I had her go through it with me um, I think I got there I was pretty happy with the B&G there um, but you know still moms yeah. can't ever beat moms so
1: mm-hmm. or
2: at least my moms you know it's yes. the best so <laughs> yep.
1: it, it is one of the better ones I've tasted
2: yep. yeah I think it's a, a second thought on a lot of menus They've got their thing, and they put on a biscuits and gravy because it's you're in St. Louis, and you kind of need to have a biscuits and gravy on the menu. Whereas in Squatters, we made it a real focus, um, and tried to let that shine as opposed to just being a, a filler item on the menu. It was a small menu, so there wasn't really much filler on it. But was mm. the candy bacon? Was that for your
0: mom's recipe, or was that no? Cream? That was that was Rob's <coughs> added touch. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah, and the sweet potatoes. My mom did not put sweet potatoes in her biscuits and gravy, and. Mm. And Rob's biscuits, my mom usually just stuck to grands, so Rob's mm. biscuits were butter. But, but the gravy's where the, the biscuits just the delivery method mm. for the gravy, right? So. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, just like snails were a delivery system for herbs and butter and garlic. Mm. Is all the reason they're there. <laughs> yep.
2: Absolutely.
1: Nice. Uh, what did you want to be when you were a kid?
2: Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> as a kid, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> depending on what week it was, I guess when I was in high school. What I initially started to go to college for was I was gonna be a history teacher. Um, I love history, I was kind of a nerd about it, especially in high school, um, American history in particular. And started to go to, I went to one year college, gen ed classes with a focus kind of in teaching and made me realize I don't wanna be around high school kids for my, the rest of my life because <laughs> they're kind of terrible people. So, um, so that's changed quickly. Um, I went to school for heating and cooling, actually went, graduated for that.
0: Oh, um, HVAC systems. Yeah. You make a lot of money doing that.
2: Yeah, you can. Um, but whenever you graduated in 2009, right after the economy collapsed, it was kind of poor timing. Um, yeah. So then I got stuck kind of in the retail world. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. We actually know a chef who
2: actually stopped being a chef to go
0: do HVAC work.
2: Yeah. Um... And, yeah, what's his name? I know him. Neil? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, he lives with my buddy Nick, who works at Louie. Oh, really? Oh, wow. roommates, yeah. So. Oh, wow. That's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, we used to know when he worked at um, Barcelona, it Barcelona? Mm. and then at Reed's. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yep. Small world. Yeah. Indeed, it is throughout Are tonight. Are you much of a gamer
2: or anything? Or? Um, not so much. Used to more. Um, I just kind of lost time for it, really. Or don't make time for it anyway, it's not a priority anymore. Yeah. Watch a lot of T V, but I don't really play the games. I like to just check out whenever I'm I don't know. My home time is my decompression time. So sit down with a you know, a beer and just watch some TV. <laughs> yeah, we like to watch. Um so I'm low key kind of a sci fi nerd. <laughs> I love Star Trek. Um I'm almost through Voyager, which is the last series I have not watched yet. It's interesting. It's it's (laughs) good. I like it better than Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine was my least favorite. Wow, that's actually my favorite. Really? I think it got too uh, religion-y and, like, um, you know, the stuff with the Bajorans and the... The Cardassians. Yeah, it was just... It got a little...
0: It got Out of the realm
2: of science and into, like fiction not science yeah. fiction um
0: yeah i mean it, it got weird but... at the end but at the beginning i love the first it.
2: couple seasons are really good yeah. but yeah.
0: yeah some of these old operatic scenes there's like mm. these really dramatic well done acted scenes but then yeah it, it got a little strange <laughs> um the whole love thing with odo and yeah it was kind of like uh, why <laughs> he, do that even he's you a shapeshifter to, yeah. He's, yeah anyway but <laughs> don't want to think about that that's that'd be horrifying <laughs> cool. i
1: don't know anything you you're talking about yeah, yeah. yeah. it's okay
0: so that be like having sex with a bunch of bread dough or something. Yeah. Else. It's be but really also, weird. if he could
2: take any shape. Fair enough. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> has the potential to be yeah. the greatest lover she's
0: ever had, I yeah. think. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Boy. Again, probably best not to think about it. I digress.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> yes. Next
1: question. Uh, I was going to ask you about your shirt. Yes. Quite a few of our friends own this shirt. Mm-hmm. And I know someone at one point told me who that is.
2: Marco Pierre White, okay, um, British chef is the youngest chef ever. I think at the time may still hold the title youngest chef ever to get three Michelin stars, first British-born chef to get three Michelin stars. Um, brought up, yeah, he uh, Gordon Ramsay came up under him. He nurtured a lot of really great chefs to get on. Went on to do a lot of great things. Um, he had a book. Marco Pierre White did, called The Devil in the Kitchen, that my sous chef at the time at the club gave me. I was only been working there for maybe a couple months and said, read this book. And I read it, I've read that book probably 10, 15 times now. It's a great book. It was uh, it was nice reading that g- coming up in the kitchen, because he just talks about the craziness. Like, his kitchen was wild, throwing shit, screaming. And so, like, you go in and you'd have a bad day, and chef would get mad at you, and you go, ah, it could be worse. He didn't... Throw a plate at my head, you know.
0: So yeah, I worked with a guy like that. Yeah, and this wasn't even—it's like, like a greasy spoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't even like any kind of high-class place. So yeah, you know, don't have to be like a, a three Michelin-star restaurant to have a shitty yeah uh, chef running the whole thing. Yeah, not saying
2: shitty, but like someone who used just dread being around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which look, I've been lucky. Um, Rob's never thrown anything at me. He's, all, he's, all my chefs that I've worked for, pretty. I've good, I've seen Rob so. throw,
0: throw a whipping bond mock now and then. A yeah. bon mot. That's that's a where it is it's a French term. I mean a yep. good word, a, like a, a a a witty
2: retort. Yeah, like witty phrase. <laughs> None. Yeah. There's there's been the you know you'll get tension sometimes, but we we keep it under check. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And we always let it roll off. It's never held personal. It's always sort of, you know it's kitchen stuff. Things get a uh, you know things get stressful in the kitchen sometimes and shit happens. What are you gonna do?
1: <laughs> Indeed, that's right. Um. Do you have any interests or hobbies about yourself that no one would ever suspect?
2: Um, like? besides the trekkie thing, I don't think so. I'm pretty uh, pretty open. Um, yeah, but yeah. Besides my secret sci-fi nerd side, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. And th- but it's also weird because I was not a sci-fi kid growing up. This happened later in life. Hmm. Um, but then the last ten years. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just a good, fun fantasy,
0: I guess. It's yeah. get a little extra kind of a little a escapism, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You watch Doctor
2: Who? I that's one I'm. I have not started. I've had so many people tell me it's daunting because there's so much of it. I don't know where to start. It's and just, everyone says just pick one and start it. And <clears throat> yeah, it started in the '60s, and so yeah, it just, and it's still going. So. Yeah,
0: you know, I grew up on it, so oh, for me it's a nice. little different. Than, you know, um, the newer stuff is a little different than the old stuff. Mm. Ones, but yeah. So oh if man. you were gonna suggest a
2: doctor that I should start with, oh
0: boy, yeah, um, that's a good question. because like turn it in around my, on you. Here. In my <laughs> mind, Tom Baker is the fourth doctor. Is the quintessential Doctor Who. He's right. the one with the scarf, mm-hmm. the hat, curly hair. Um, he's 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 just kind of defined the role, I think, really perfectly. All right, the fourth but, doctor. Yeah, fourth doctor. But you know, you can. I think really going to start off fresh now. I say the ninth doctor. Mm-hmm. That's when they stopped the series for a while. And they started it up again. So that'd be good to watch, but um, the, the effects were really bad. Like, <laughs> they didn't have really bad computer graphics. Uh-huh. They didn't know she was going to make it again, so they just kind of didn't have much of a budget. Mm-hmm. Now they have a lot of really big budget for it, so it's a huge phenomenon again. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, 10th Doctor. They're on probably. the, what, the 11th now? No, they're actually on the 13th. 13th now. Yeah, who's now female. Mm-hmm. And I watched her here a, a lot of people don't like her. Um... I can see why make because he's kind of like a, a little a little kind of chipper. Yeah, <laughs> you know a lot of doctors weren't chipper. Mm. Um, but you know it's all right. You know it's just a different thing. Like a lot of people do not like Capaldi because he wasn't a hot young boy. Yeah, like the previous <laughs> doctors were. So he's like this grumpy old man, who's actually the kind of doctor I grew up on. Right. I grew up on like this. So first, you like that more? Yeah, yeah. Like more like where he's not. Supposed you to be need his the heart curmudgeon. Rub. Yeah. yeah. Supposed to be this guy who. I appreciate that. Yeah. it', it some of that just you know wasn't necessarily like this amazing character that's like a savior. He's just this. Traveler like Gandalf from the middle of Lord, Lord of the Rings, just mm. kind of muzzling about and solving problems as he goes along and helping people hopefully and you know nice. stopping evil whenever he can.
2: you know Nice. Yeah. I. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta dig into it at some point.
1: Mm.
2: I've had too many people tell me I have to to not do it. You don't have to. Yeah, it's one of these things where it's like,
0: there's so many things we could be into. Like, I never watched Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, I
2: feel really I love that. Game of Thrones. So yeah. But, yeah, I definitely see like I've uh, got a Game of Thrones tattoo actually. <laughs> oh really nice. wow, wow. Committed, you
0: know. Mm. Mm, interesting. Yeah, so I've not watched that. Um I'll probably watch I figure someday I'll break my leg or be putting like one of those like a full body cast and do that. <laughs> to, you know, for like a whole half year I'll have the issue laying there, so I'll watch all these series, <laughs> I imagine. Just one after the others. watching watch them until it's over like, oh wow, I can move again because I can stop watching these things constantly. <laughs> But, oh no. Yeah, I think I actually would be feel the need to be useful though. Like, just put a keyboard near my hands, I'll program. Yeah. yeah I'll, just, <laughs> I'll do some software engineering. Just give me internet connection, I'm
2: good. But mm-hmm. still useful. But do Stephen Hawking accomplished a lot about being able to move, right? So, yeah. If he yeah. can do it, why can't you? True. So. Exactly. True,
1: true. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Oh, he also was British, and British people are
0: magical, by the way. Hell uh, yeah, they have magical powers. So, <laughs> I I think was, so. I'm sorry for me to refuse. It's okay, it's all right. I'm used to it. It's fine. I had,
1: oh, man. I'm trying to go through. I had a list of questions that I used to ask people, but mm. now I don't have it with me. No, oh, I know.
0: Oh, do you like? Uh, do you like? So you have cats, right?
2: Mm-hmm. What kind of cats do you have? Um, we have one. Um, he's a tabby. His name's Glenn Coco, um, hmm. ap- named after Mean Girls. Three for you, you go, go, go! good, oh. My wife named him. Um, nice. And then we have a Flame Point Siamese, and his name is Steve French, which Whoa. is named after a Trailer Park Boys episode, if you're familiar oh, with the show. Oh, wow,
0: wow, wow. Yeah. There's one with Bubbles and like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's
2: one where they find a, a wild mountain lion, and Bubbles takes him in, because Bubbles was a big cat guy, and they named him Steve French. And our cat's kind of like right. orange so we figured we'd just name him Steve mm-hmm. French, because... We like having cats with uh, proper human names for some reason. I do Seems too. to work out yeah, that yes. way. Yeah, my, ca- that. my cats were named Jane and
0: Solomon. They, uh, Solomon's yeah. a great name for a cat. Yeah. But any uh, you know, other animals you really have a thing like, really like, like horses or mm-hmm. you know, anything like that?
2: Um, no, I would. I liked horses when I was a kid. My uncle had horses, mm-hmm. and I would go on his uh, farm. Him and his partner raised show horses, actually. Wow. Um, so I grew up on horses a lot, and then at some point as a kid. I became very scared of horses mm. at, like, probably 11 or 12 years old. I just said, I'm done with them. I think they were just, I don't know. I don't trust my, I don't trust them. <laughs> Too much power behind that animal. Yeah. are Yeah. 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 I, my mom got bucked off of one and, like, got kicked and broke her arm. And I think after that I was like, you know what? I don't yeah. think the risk, I don't think, the risk assessment <laughs> went through my head yeah. as a child. And I went, yeah, it's fun, but it's not worth getting kicked in the head over. So... We just kind of call it done on that.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my grandmother's farm they had uh, cows. Mm-hmm. So I remember being kind years of old cows when I was younger, but that kind of went away because, you know, they, they first of all they pee like a waterfall. They start peeing just like, yeah, yeah. And then just just, just, just turn the crank and the soft chocolate soft cream, uh, soft ice cream <laughs> machine turns on. starts falling out for minutes. It's spiraling. And it's like wow, it's really revolting. It's like I don't want to get near this animal at all. Yeah. But yeah, you yeah. Know, but yeah, I, I milked some cows. I think I remember when I was
2: really young. Yeah. And uh, I had friends that had cows and stuff, and I appreciate all that farmers do, but uh, I'll stick to my walking through the woods, I think.
1: Mm. That's enough nature.
2: Uh, Yeah, Yeah. that's nature.
1: Mm. Well, I people have
0: chickens around here. Like, one lady down the street has chickens.
2: Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's something I wouldn't mind doing at some point. Who wouldn't want fresh eggs around all the time, I guess, but... Yeah. yeah. Mm. And chickens I think I could tolerate. They're small. Mm. I don't want animals that are much... That are bigger than me. Mm. Yeah. Chickens I could handle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I heard they kind of get like almost they become pets at some point. Like if you care for them enough, they'll yep. follow you around and yep. come up with fun names for them. So
0: yes. yeah, we know we know we know a chicken named Mrs. Whole Food Bags. That's the name of the chicken. <laughs> Bags for short. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Our friend's son named them. They're all misses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, they're all misses. But the other ones, I think they have normal names. Hey, Mrs. Agnes or something. Yeah, yeah. Like
2: that. yeah. Something like that. This one's Mrs. Whole Food Bags. Uh-huh. Nice. Instead said their kid named it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How old was the kid? Probably three or four. So yeah, yeah. being
0: younger even. I, I, I don't know. So. I can't remember
2: how old they said. The Lots of so. Whole Food trips for him, huh? Well, I like, probably the bags were sitting around. Yeah. So probably the chick was just, you just around it. He just saw it, it. and then it's like near it, the bag. There you go. Mrs. Whole Food Bags. Nice.
1: Getting inspired. Yeah. I can dig it. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Okay, I thought of questions now. All as, right. The dog is sitting on my lap. So <laughs> now it's now it's St. Louis stuff and St. Louis people I'm going to ask you about. Um, uh, when you go out to eat and drink, do you have any dishes or meals or beverages you've had lately that you think people ought to know about?
2: Ooh. <clears throat> That's a tough question. Um... I, we go simple a lot whenever we're going out. Um, I love Max. I mean, if you haven't been to Max I have a burger, are you really a St. Louisan? Um, best burgers in town. Um, we recently went to Louis. Um, had a good meal, great meal. The charred eggplant dip was phenomenal. Um, everyone that I've, everything we had was good, but that appetizer was. Insane. I know they've changed the setup on it a little bit. The toppings are different. It was tomatoes at the time. It was a while back, so they're still getting good tomatoes. Um, but I'd say definitely do the charred eggplant dip at Louie. Um, yeah, other than that, hmm, nothing's coming to mind. No? Mm. you a yeah. big beer drinker? I do, yeah. I like beer. Um, we. I just went to Second Shift on Sunday because they did a collab with Off Color, out of Chicago and that beer was delicious so go in there and get it if they still have it. Um, it was a wild ale brewed with pea shoot flowers. Mm. Mm. Very tart. It was It was. I, on a big sour beer kick. Yeah.
0: And she's about the sour beers. I'm more about the stouts and stuff like that. Nice. Brown ales. Mm-hmm.
2: Which, Second shift they do some good stouts up there too but I like them. They've got a good mix. They're one of my favorite breweries in town right now and just because it's it's in close proximity to the house too so it makes it fairly easy to get over there pretty regularly um then you got Gorilla Street in there so there's nice snacks yep. so, yeah
1: totally yeah. totally are there any St. Louis people not even necessarily like chefs or bartenders but people that you would be really jazzed to work or collaborate with
2: um I'd love to work with Nick Bogner um out at Nipontai. Mm-hmm. um my wife and I went out there yeah, it's been about three months ago I guess but unbelievable meal and the work ethic of that guy is insane um, for as young as he is too to have running three restaurants mm-hmm. um, So yeah that'd be a really cool one um, Rob and I were close to this was about a year and a half ago doing a collab dinner with Ben groupie when he was at Elia mm-hmm. to do a Bull Rush and an Elia dinner together that fell through the cracks but um, if we ever did a reboot on that and like I said I've worked with Ben and I just his. His work ethic too is insane. You know, with his background, the the precision of everything that he does, um, I just really appreciate, and I like working around people like that that are that focused and driven. So.
1: Mm. Cool. When you think of the word successful, who comes to mind for you?
2: Oh man. <laughs> you did think of some questions over there, didn't you? All the uh, ones. Yeah, successful. Um,
1: Dead or alive, you know,
2: you don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, people measure success so much differently. Um, I like it's on like Danny Meyer. I mean, you know, obviously he has his restaurant empire, but it's more like the way he, his he's able to do service. And success for him is just making all those people happy. And that's more what I'm trying, would like to measure success myself with, um, it's just being able to make people happy and make good food, um, it's Danny Meyer, you know, his book, obviously every kitchen person has read it or should read it, um, and, you know, there's a lot of people in town that are just doing the damn thing and getting it done right, so, you yeah. I don't know, hard hitters. Okay.
1: Yep, okay, alright. <laughs> St. Louis is kind of a who's who of that, but it's nice. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. Um, let's see. Got any more questions?
0: I have lots of questions in this world. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever traveled or anywhere outside this area, like the Midwest?
2: Um yeah. Um, we just got back from L. A. My wife and I went out there. We just got back uh, less than a week ago. we so this time last week I was in L. A. some awesome food, awesome drinks. We ate at Night Market, which was one of the best meals I think I've had in a long time, if not my life. Just the freshness and the layers of flavor that they put into Thai food. We ate it, and my wife Mallory said, well, that just kind of ruined every Thai restaurant in San Luis <laughs> for me. No offense to anyone that owns a Thai restaurant that's listening, but uh, it was just, it was incredibly good. Um, we got to eat at Destroyer, um, which is Jordan Khan's restaurant out there, which is kind of what squatters was modeled after rob went out there on his r&d before we opened and ate there and it just kind of blew him away yeah
0: he talked about when we interviewed on the podcast Mm -hmm.
2: so it was fun to uh go there and eat and see where see rob's thought process a year before that Mm. eating there and how that translated into some of the dishes that we did and just everything had like we had a uh, squatters was like you dig in and there'd be just layers and little surprises you'd get down <clears throat> to the bottom and there's stuff and That's kind of we didn't knock off any dishes he did, but we took that like We wanted the food to be fun and, uh, and that food out there was very fun um, I've gone out of country, but not uh, like been to Jamaica a couple times like resort vacations not really uh, too much to tell there. Just sat on a beach drunk reading books for a week, so.
1: <laughs> Living the life. Living the sure. life, yeah, so. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. We do a lot of trips, but we, because of the schedule I work, it's a lot of weekend trips. So Nashville, Chicago, a lot of places in the Midwest, mm-hmm. but um, New Orleans is probably my favorite city in the country. Mm-hmm. Absolutely huh. love New Orleans. The food there is I, I love Cajun food. It's one of my favorite things to cook at home. Um, so getting it there was, yeah, it was just awesome.
0: Cool. Have you, do you make it yourself, like Cajun food
2: at all? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah. We cool. uh, actually just made a really big batch of gumbo hmm. on New Year's Eve because we went up to uh, Silver Ballroom. They did a New Year's Day hungover potluck. So that's uh, since so I made a big batch of gumbo and brought it up there. Cool. Nice. That was really fun because you had a lot of people that were making really good food at home, but then, like, Someone brought in like a Crave case, and someone brought in like a bunch of Taco Bell tacos because it's, it's hungover food, you know? <laughs> yeah, so you yeah, had people to put the time in and make good food, but then, you know, of course I did eat some White Castles too, so. But no, I, yeah, I love cooking Cajun food. What does your wife do? Um, she works for a logistics company, so mm. she's just shipping and receiving and yells at truckers and. Mm. M- you mother st- truckers. Stressed out too much <laughs> because. Our job is stressful because it's hard because she sets this stuff up all across the country and you just got to have faith that those people are going to get it done, you know, and it's a thousand miles away and something's not getting done. She's calling and getting yelled at it and it's like, I'm not there. So you got to just that constant.
1: Yeah.
2: And she's a project manager too, so she's kind of always on call. Her cell phone's going off all the time, so I don't envy her. My job's stressful, but... It's, at least I can check it at the door most of the time. Hers kind of gets to fo- follow her home a lot. so. Mm. But, you know, she's been there for eight or nine years. It's a good company. They take care of her. So. Yeah. yeah.
1: How did you guys meet?
2: Um, friend of a friend. It was uh, a kegger I was throwing in my backyard that she came to, the old-fashioned way. You know, none of this that's internet how dating tra- stuff. It's a
0: You get a keg and sit back and wait. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it works. So, you know... <laughs>
2: No, yeah, just, uh, just one of my roommates at the time was friends with this guy Dan, and Mallory, my wife, was really good friends with Dan, and came to the party with him, and and then here we are almost ten years later, so, uh-huh. yeah. It's been a long night. Christine and I have been together for yeah. that long. Yeah, yeah Almost. Yeah.
1: I know. It's crazy to think about. It really yeah. is. Time flies. Yeah. yeah. I know. Uh Justin, before we sign off, is there is there anything else you want to talk about that we did not ask uh, in our varied questions?
2: <laughs> uh, not really, you know, just be on the lookout for Bullrush, uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, um, all that stuff we're we're out there. It's 1 L B U L R U S H
0: and it's a cattail, right? It's yeah, it's the
2: European word for cattail, which we utilize cattails a lot in our uh, cooking stuff. Or
0: water sausage, as also known by some people. Oh, no,
2: okay. I did not heard that, so. Not, so... Yeah, that water either. sausage. Huh? Nice. Yeah. Did not know
1: that. Also, that, makes, that makes
2: me want to grind them into a sausage link and actually make cattail sausages with them. Mm, interesting <laughs> idea. Wow. So, thanks for that little nugget. Yeah, make, I'm going to write that in the notebook do. down when I get home. Sorry.
0: Carly! It makes like duck sausage. Mm. Some fennel and, like... Yeah. Hmm...
1: Yeah.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
1: Herby deliciousness. Yeah. Yes. And where is uh Boris going to be located?
2: So, oh, let me get the exact address right. I gotta pull my card out. I think it's 3307 Washington.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. 3307 Washington Avenue. Um, It's down the street from Urban Chestnut. Kind of in the foxish area there in the midtown. So, said hopefully March, April this year. Somewhere in there. So, coming quickly.
1: Excellent. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, Justin, thank you so much for making the time. Absolutely. Thanks for your, your <laughs> cocktail. This was lovely. Thank you.
2: It's
1: great catching up with you Yeah. learning absolutely. about Bulrush. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. You guys are
2: welcome.
1: Yeah. Thanks. I'm Christine Guthrie with We Eat Stuff, and this has been another episode of We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts. Did you like what you heard today? If so, please be sure to tell a friend about our podcast. Visit our Patreon page at patreon.com/weeatstuff and choose one of the amazing rewards we have for you. Please join us next week for another interview, but in the meantime, go out there and eat stuff. Bye.